welcome to episode 14 of the hashtag, oh no, it's called the Jessica Harlow podcast now. Um, I'm your host, Jessica Harlow, and I'm so excited to be back this week after a very long holiday weekend. As those of you who have been following me on my Instagram know, this past weekend was one of my best friend's weddings. It's funny when I say one of my best friends because usually... People have one or two, but for me, the majority of the people that I am closest to in my life, um, I've known them for a very, very, very many years, most of them my whole life, um, and I've known my friend Vula since I was in kindergarten or preschool, like really, really young. Um, so she's one of my closest friends. She got married this past weekend, and I was a bridesmaid. Her dress was insane. Um, the photo that I posted does no justice no justice at all. It was so, so gorgeous in person. I want to see if I can find a really good photo um, that was taken of it. Um, and I'll see if she'll let me share it because it was really, really gorgeous. I mean, beautifully done, the crystals and everything. It was stunning, stunning. She looked like a little princess. I'm very, very happy for her. She married a great guy, but I'm also happy for myself because did you see my dress? <laughs> most people complain about bridesmaids dresses but I loved mine I would wear it every single day if I could I'm honestly cooking up ways to wear it again in my head because I love it so much it's so Jessica Rabbit though and it's just like it's my lifelong dream to be Jessica Rabbit I'm I feel like I'm the flat-chested Jessica Rabbit <laughs> um don't ask how much padding was up under that dress but anyway um Really, really loved the dress. It was a Greek wedding. Shocker. We're all Greek. And it was my first time, my very, very first time being a bridesmaid. And let me just say, there's some interesting Greek traditions that they didn't even get into in my big fat Greek wedding. For example, on Thanksgiving Eve, just a few nights before the actual wedding, um, we had to make and remake the couple's bed three times. Okay, so there's this weird tradition where the bridesmaids get together, we make the bed once, and it's in front of the bride and the groom-to-be, and the groom has to act like he doesn't like it, and then he takes it all apart, and then we have to do it all over again, and over and over until he's happy with it, or at least until the third round when he acts like he's happy with it. So um, I myself have a very specific way of how I like to make beds, um, and it was just, it was very interesting to, like, because, I don't know, I wanted to have it made right, and people make beds differently than I do. I don't know, I took it very seriously, but anyway, once the bed is made, the final time, we throw children, children, actual human children on the bed, and also money. I think it's for, like, good luck and for them to have, like, health and children and all of that stuff, um, at least I think that's what it's supposed to symbolize. It's all really, really weird if you think about it. Um, but it's 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 actually a lot of fun. I kind of want to do it again because um, honestly, I'm looking at all of my friends trying to figure out who's going to get married next because honestly, I think I had the most fun out of everyone from the bachelorette party in Vegas to to the wedding. I mean, I had more fun than everybody. Like I was joking for months that these were actually my events because it just, I had so much fun. Um, but anyway, all of that aside, um, I'm back to regularly, regularly scheduled programming. Actually, I wish I could say that, but to be honest, there's not much that's really regular about my life right now. Um, by the time this podcast episode even goes up, I'll actually be in court, um, because of a lunatic that's been getting away with way too much. And I, it's just, 
he's just trying to make my life way more difficult. But let me tell you, this justice system is so slow and time consuming, like not to mention expensive, but like really, really time consuming. Um, And I'm sitting here fighting for the truth and justice and for, you know, the women of New York and and other people too. Don't even, don't even get me started. But um, I was actually talking to Charles Gross. I don't know if you guys follow his YouTube channel. He's hilarious. I love Charles. I'll put a link to his um, YouTube channel um, in my show notes because I really, really love Charles. I think he's, I I just love him. He's a personality, but like such a sweetheart. And um, I love him. Um, We were talking the other week and, um, you know, we were talking about the story and he told me that the legal system was like, and I quote, running through molasses. And you know, I couldn't, I couldn't have I couldn't have described it better. So, um, yeah, so that's what I've been, that's been my running tagline for the whole thing right now. I'm like, it's like, I'm running through molasses. How are you? I'm running through molasses. (laughs) Um, but Charles and I actually want to collab really soon, um, on some videos and content. So if you guys have any ideas for what you might want to see us do together, any video ideas, comment on my latest Instagram photo and let me know because we're trying to come up with um, some fun and interesting things that we can do so that we can make, um, some content for each other's channels. So yeah, I'm not talking too much about the other story publicly, not just because of legal reasons, but it's really exhausting. Like aside from that, I can't really talk about it right now legally, like in detail, like I can talk about the story. I just can't mention like names anymore. Well, not anymore anymore, but for now, um, it's just exhausting and I'd rather focus my energy on things that are happier and more positive, because right now the story is definitely not in a in a positive place. Not for me, not for the people of New York and parts of California, God knows where else. So obviously I had a bit of time to think about what I wanted to talk about in this podcast episode. Um, I'm always, like every, every time I upload the podcast, I'm always like thinking of what else. So I kind of have like my eyes and ears peeled to think of, you know, what else can I talk about? What else do I want to talk about? Because I definitely pull a lot of whatever I'm talking about from my real life and things that I notice and things that are going on around me. So every time I upload a new episode, it's pretty much kind of reflective of where I'm at or what I'm noticing and what I think people might be in need of. So honestly, from the past like week or two, I've got like a whole month's worth of episodes in my head. So much has been going on um, besides even the things that I mentioned. So it's just, it's an interesting time in my life. Um, but for me, I wanted to really discuss in this episode kind of happiness and gratitude and your mood, because I feel like your mood has a profound effect on your experiences, your energy levels, your quality of life. Um, getting out of a bad mood or feeling down can be a lot easier said than done. Um, or at least that's what it seems like. So I wanted to share some tips and ideas for how you can pull yourself out of not even just a bad mood, but let's call it a funk, because I think that's what's the trickiest. A bad mood, I mean, you know, I think everybody gets into one of those every once in a while. You know, you can honestly have a slice of pizza, a glass of wine, both if you're me. Um, and, you know, you're better. But um, But a funk is hard because... The longer it goes on for, it's like the worse you end up feeling about yourself. And I think when you're in a funk, the first thing you have to do is look at your current habits. 
Okay, what are you thinking about the most? What are you noticing the most? What's getting more of your attention that maybe isn't making you so happy? So when I say habits, I don't just mean the things you're doing, but I mean like as far as actions, but I'm also talking about like what's going on in your headspace um, because that's probably the most, that's the most important um, I think influential, impactful aspect of somebody's habits. It's what's going on up in your head first, um, because that affects everything else. So while it is important to notice the negative things, because I'm not like huge on positive thinking, it, it, even though it's important to notice the things that aren't really working out so well, the things that aren't really, um, that aren't working out for you, it's really important to notice those things. It's also really imperative at the same time to not lose sight of what's still good because otherwise you're just going to feel like you're at a complete loss and that can be really debilitating. And what I mean by that is it can prevent you from taking um, proper action. It could prevent you from taking action and by action I really mean productive, positive actions. Um, which at the end of the day is what makes all the difference. So it's funny how some of the most truly successful people in the world, they do two things, okay? They read a lot, for one. They're always learning. Um, But besides that, they also practice gratitude. And by practice, I mean they train themselves. They make these things a habit and almost like a priority until it becomes kind of second nature. I remember way, way back, I think it was Oprah, Um, that said something about gratitude as a practice. Um, But lots of really thoughtful people claim that if you make it a daily practice or a nightly practice to list a few things every single day that you're grateful for, after just a week or two, you may feel very differently about the state of your life. And by differently, I mean in a good way. Um, Whatever you look for, your brain has to find it. Okay, that's that's something that I want you guys to keep in mind. in in most situations, um, I think that could be really helpful. Whatever you look for, your brain has to find. Your brain has to be right. That's kind of how it's wired. So for example, if you think to yourself, look for something red around you, you're going to be noticing a lot of red, um, a lot more than maybe you would normally notice if you weren't looking for it. And in that act of looking around, like if you were to look around at your surroundings right now and try to find something red, you're going to notice even burgundy or maroon or even a red orange that's like slightly more red. Like you're going to turn that into, in your head, you're going to just label that as red because your brain has to be right, okay? So that's something that you kind of do unconsciously slash consciously, but it's mostly an unconscious thing. And it's the same thing for every, uh, everything else. It doesn't just apply to when you're looking for a color, but it can apply to when you're looking for certain certain kind of behaviors, certain kinds of meanings in things, certain, um, if you're looking for the negative in situations, if you're looking for uh, whatever it is that's kind of maybe on your on your mind, on your heart, on your soul. Um, if you're intending to, for example, find three things every single day to add to a gratitude list, no matter how big or small the thing is, you're going to go through your day looking for things to be grateful for because you're going to be looking for stuff to add to that list. And it sounds so stupid because it's so simple. It's an incredibly simple practice, and I think that's why some people will tend to roll their eyes at it. 
Um, We have a tendency to think that our biggest problems in life need to be solved by some crazy complex plan. Most of the time, it's because we're making our problems seem much more complicated than they actually are. A lot of the times, the solutions um, to even some of our most seemingly complicated problems can be quite simple. Um, Of course, there's always those things that aren't, but I'm just saying in general, um, I think for the most part, more of our problems are more simple to solve than more difficult and complicated. But it's just so funny how the most absurdly simple small practices can really, really make an impact over over time. Um, it's just like, I always give this example, like a $5 coffee doesn't seem like a lot, right? $5 on a cup of coffee. Um, but if you bought one cup of coffee every single day, and let's say it's $5 and we're not going to even get into inflation and tip and all of that, we're just going to go at baseline a $5 coffee And you multiply that by 365, okay, for the amount of days there are in the year, right? And then if you multiply that number by 10, well, you'll realize that you would have spent over $18,000 on just coffee. Crazy, huh? So what I would say is every single night for the next seven days, write down three things from the day that you're grateful for. You can physically write it out. You can write it in the notes on your phone if you want. You can even send it as an email to yourself, whatever you feel the most comfortable with. You can even email it to me if you'd like. My email is hellogorgeous at jessicaharlow.com. It's pretty much my main email for um, mostly this podcast and connecting with you guys. So if you want to send me your gratitude lists every night, I really wouldn't mind. Um, I think it'd be nice to even do this with maybe a close friend because that way you can both keep each other accountable this way. Um, And um, I actually think I might start doing this with some friends of my own because it sounds like a good idea. I just came up with that um, just off the top of my head as I'm recording this. But um, whatever it is, whatever you feel most comfortable with, I would say the number one thing, though, is to write it out. And I'll get into that just a second. Um, But when you go throughout your day with that mental note, with that intention of looking for things to be grateful for so that you can write them down at night, you'll be subconsciously or even consciously looking for those things. I'd say set a reminder in your phone if this is a completely new habit for you, whether you want to set it at the start of the day or the end of the day, whatever it is until you kind of get into the routine and the habit and don't need to be reminded anymore. Um, And I think that's, honestly, I always recommend taking full advantage of the reminders and alarms in your phone because you can actually set them up to uh, kind of work for you since for the most part, we've always got our phones with us. We probably have our phones with us in more situations than we care to admit we have our phones with us in. So use them to your advantage because they can be very, very helpful in helping you um, be much more productive, accountable, um, and just, of course, remind you to do things that are important for you and your well-being. Um, so look, you're going to have days where one of the things on your list might be like so stupid, <laughs> you know, might be like the smallest thing. I mean, because we all have days where it's like, oh, it's really difficult to find something that's not like the obvious stuff um, that maybe makes us feel some kind of gratitude. I mean, there might be a day where it's going to be weather related. Like, I'm so grateful that it was sunny today or that it didn't rain because it makes me happy when it doesn't rain. I don't know. Um, but that's another thing. The why. Okay. You don't have to do this every single time. Like you don't have to elaborate on the why 
like why you're actually grateful for whatever it is that's on your list. Um, but there is something that's very powerful about why. Why is always the most important thing. The reason why you like something, the reason why you don't like something, the reason why you do what you do or don't do the things that you don't do, um, the reasons why you want what you want, that's a whole other episode. But what I'm saying is in the case of gratitude, if you can add some detail about not just what you're grateful for, but exactly what made it so great, that just adds to good feelings. So that's definitely that act in and of itself can really help you get a little bit of an extra little boost in how you're feeling. And as I was saying about writing things down, writing things down is very, very important. The power of writing, I think, is often left out. It's often overlooked. Um, but I believe that putting words down on paper or even on a screen is a really, really powerful thing because it takes whatever is in your mind and makes it just a little step closer into reality, makes it a little bit more of something concrete. And I also find that in the act of physically writing things down, it kind of gives you a little bit more of an activity that kind of gets tied to it. So it kind of helps you really focus a bit more on exactly what it is that you're that you're saying in a way that I think just thinking about something um, wouldn't really have the same kind of impact. So that's why I really, really recommend writing things down. It's incredibly important. It's just like how when people talk about to-do lists, you're, it, you're much, much, much more likely to get something done if you write it down and um, have it somewhere where you can see it rather than if you were to just, you know, make a mental note. So writing things down, super, super important. So this is a very small exercise that can make a world of a difference after a few days, after a few weeks, months, and years. Again, it's like that coffee cup theory that I gave where it's like, you don't think that $5 for a cup of coffee or whatnot really adds up to much uh, or makes much of a difference, but it does over time, which ties into habit and maintenance. Maintenance is key. Often people find something that's working for them. And then as soon as they feel like, they're better or they feel like the thing worked for them and they feel like they don't need it anymore. They just discard it and move on up until they find themselves in another unsavory situation or mood or whatnot. So this practice is very, very small and should typically only take you about a minute, maybe even two minutes. Um, it really shouldn't take you very much, very long at all. Even if you're really, really tired and you know, you don't feel like sitting and writing anything out, you don't really have to type out a full sentence you know that it's a gratitude list. So even if it's just like little bullet points, I think that's still even fine. Um, I really like the idea of emailing it to either yourself or a friend. I think that's some, that's a way to kind of keep things going. But for a quick fix though, okay, because I know some of you are going to listen to this and you're like, oh, well, a gratitude list, got it, but that's going to take some time. I still think anybody and everybody should be have should have a gratitude list. It's not, I don't think it's a coincidence that some of the most successful people in the world swear by the act of gratitude and actually credit gratitude with their success because gratitude is something that is a very, it's an uplifting feeling. It's a very energizing feeling and it's very difficult to feel sadness and fear, um, which are the two, you know, very low, low ranking energy levels um, to have. They're not, they're not, they're not the most um, attractive feelings to have. 
energetically speaking. So since those feelings, those negative lower emotions and feelings can't really exist when you're experiencing gratitude and being grateful, that's what makes it so, so damn powerful and energizing and helps you to progress and move forward in kind of like you're putting your best foot forward, or at least your much better foot forward. Um, So like I said, gratitude list, super important. But aside from that, for a more quick fix, when you're just kind of, you know, not feeling your best, um, and it's just kind of a little bump in the day or whatever, I think that music is one of the most, one of the best things that you can possibly use. It's like a really great tool for changing up your mood very, very quickly. Um, So anything that has a really great beat, any songs that make you happy, typically I find that songs that maybe um, I listened to when I was much, much younger, like in my like preteens, early teens, like when I was so young, I didn't have a care in the world. You know, before life's more serious problems get acquainted with you, the music that you were listening to at that time Um, can be very powerful. I think nostalgia, because that's what it is. Nostalgia is a very, very powerful tool. And there's a quote from the show Mad Men. If you've never watched that show before, I don't know what to tell you. It's one of my all-time favorite shows. It's truly brilliant. I've seen it, I think, over the years. I think I maybe have seen it two or three times in its entirety. It's something that I always go back to, kind of watch in the background, because I really, really, really love that show. I feel like there's so much. It's just such a rich story. There's so much uh, that you can pull from it and apply to your own life in so many different ways. Um, But there was this one scene about nostalgia. Okay, you don't have to have known about the show to appreciate this, I don't think. Because there was this one scene about nostalgia. And there was a quote that went something like the, the main character, Don Draper said this, he said, nostalgia, it's delicate, but potent. Teddy told me that in Greek, Nostalgia literally means the pain from an old wound. It's a twinge in your heart far more powerful than memory alone. It's a time machine. And sometimes the ticket to happiness is to get in a time machine. Okay, obviously we don't have actual time machines. I wish we did. Um, I would go back and change so many things. But then I've seen the movie The Butterfly Effect, so I'd probably... I would consider it, but I wouldn't do it because if you've ever seen the film The Butterfly Effect, everything goes wrong. You think you're fixing one thing and you ruin about five other things. Uh, But anyway, uh, we don't have time machines, unfortunately and fortunately. Um, But I feel like the ticket to instant happiness is to kind of get into a metaphorical time machine and take a visit back to happier, less stressful times. And I think... Um, one of the things that can really transport us is music, um, a really quick and easy way to transport yourself back to, again, those happier, less stressful times, even if it's just for a moment, no matter if it's brief, it can really fill your heart up with joy. Um, so yeah, that's all for this week's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it and found it helpful. Thank you all so much for the wonderfully positive reviews that you've been leaving on my podcast. If you haven't left a review and have been enjoying the show so far, it's really, really easy to leave a review. Um, and I would highly appreciate it. All you have to do is go into your podcast app, wherever you're listening to this show, 
Simply type Jessica Harlow into the search. The show will pop up. You click on it, click on reviews, and you're ready to leave a rating and review. I personally love five stars, but no pressure. Um, When you leave a review, screenshot it and send it to hellogorgeous at jessicaharlow.com. I'll make sure to send along my hair secrets to you guys. I created like a little PDF with some of my favorite tips and tricks for longer and healthier hair. Also, the tools that I really like to use, products I love. Nothing sponsored, just exactly the things that I'm really, what I'm really into. So again, I hope you guys enjoyed this tomorrow. Well, this episode is going up on November 30th. Tomorrow will be December, the very last month of the year. I cannot wait to talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye.